chapter two. Now, all this time, Charles had not said anything to his wife and her eight sisters. Uh, that's right, Charles is the rooster. Wait, this is chapter two already? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about what the birds had told him, and he had not invited them to the meeting. She always disapproves of everything I do, he grumbled. And her sisters always agree with her. It'll be a much better meeting if she doesn't come. I can tell her about it afterwards. His wife's name was Henrietta. I don't want that baby. And she was a very busy hen. For she had ten little chickens to take care of. And she was sometimes rather cross to Charles. That means, like, upset with her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Who never did much work and used to get in her way a good deal. That night, when Charles started out, he called him back. She called him back and asked him where he was going. I have to attend a business meeting, he said importantly. I am expected to make a speech. Hmm, how good your speech will do anybody. Is that what a hen sounds like? Yes, said Henrietta. But she was busy putting the chickens to bed, and Charles slipped out before she had time to say any more. The meeting was a great success, so the meeting's about, um, he's going to try to see if the animals want to go south for the winter. Nearly all the animals on the farm came, and the cow barn was crowded to the doors. Charles spoke long and eloquently, and drew glowing pictures of what their life would be like in a southern land, lolling under the orange trees and telling stories and cracking jokes all day long. The pigs, who had come in a, in a body, and sat, that means, like, all together, and sat in the front row, applauded heartily. How does a pig applaud? With their, but they've got little, like, it'd be like clicking. What? Like, yeah, like Caleb's doing. That's how, that's what pig, pigs applauding. They would have to just hit their hooves together and be able to clicking. Like that? Yep. And the cows mooed and the ducks quacked and the dogs barked. And even the mice who sat... Even the mice who sat in a row on one of the rafters squeaked excitedly. They, it sounds like none of them like winter. Yeah. Probably. With their hooves clicking them together. Now, my friend, said Charles, when he had told them all that he had learned from the birds, I have placed before you these facts. It remains for us to act upon them. I, for one, intend to follow the example of the birds and go south for the winter. It is true that it is easier for the birds than for us. The birds can fly across rivers that we shall have to swim or wade, and across mountains that we shall have to climb. Wade for the one cow. There aren't mountains that we will. Dad, can I I bet there are. Some, not big ones. Can I tell them the animals on the front? How about tomorrow morning when we're all awake? No! Um... I do not conceal from you that it may be a hard journey, but it is my experience that nothing is worth getting. It is, it is, uh, it's my experience that nothing is, that is worth getting is easy to get. However, I shall be glad to hear what everyone else may have, have to say, and I accordingly throw the meeting to open discussion. And amid prolonged cheers, that means they were cheering a lot, he hopped down from the seat of the old buggy from which he had addressed the meeting. Then for quite a while, the animals were much excited and all talked at once. Wait, the old buggy? 
Yeah, I think like an old, uh, I don't know what year this is, but either, probably like a horse and buggy, kind of buggy. No, like uh, a cart that that horses would pull, if you, and you ride in it. <clears throat> like an Amish buggy. Maybe. Yeah. Well, don't give anything away. I guess we'll find out when we get there. And for quite a while, the animals, uh, they were talked at once. All of them hated the thought of the long, cold winter. And when somebody, I think it was Freddy, the smallest and cleverest of the pigs... Oh, is this the first time Freddy talks? What? Uh, all of them, I think this is the first time Freddy talks. All of them hated the thought of the long, cold winter. And when somebody, I think it was Freddy, the smallest and cleverest of the pigs, shouted, Why don't we start tonight? Yeah, that's what he said in the other book. Oh. They all gave three cheers and started toward the door. That's funny. Yeah, that they, that's funny, they just decided to go. But just then, Jock, the larger of the two dogs, a wise old Scotch oh, collie got up. Jock and Jake. Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, he began, you have all heard what my friend the rooster has said, and I think we all agree with him that it would be fine if we could all go south this winter. Yes, yes, cried the animals together. But there is one thing I think we have forgotten. I am not a fine speaker like Charles, but I just want to say that we must not forget our duty. We cannot all leave. Duty? duty is like something you have to do. Oh, I thought you said duty. No, duty. Like, it's your duty to make sure um, Indy gets fed. We cannot all leave Mr. Bean, for he would not get along without us. Here, Charles interrupted excitedly. Mr. Bean, he shouted. What do we care for Mr. Bean? What has he ever done for us? He can sleep warm these winter nights. He could have feather beds and stoves, but we don't have such things. We don't matter. Why doesn't he warm our houses for us? Why? Yes, yes, Charles, said Jock quickly, quietly. But listen to me a minute. Mr. Bean feeds us and gives us a place to live and looks after us when we're sick. We can't just desert him, can we? Well, perhaps you're right, said Charles unwillingly. Of course I am, said Jock. And he went on to say that while those of them who Mr. Bean did not need during the winter could go south if they wanted to. Yeah, we, we can't just leave him. He thought, yeah, yeah, just let her. He thought that others should stay. I can't go, he said. And one of the horses should stay to take Mr. Bean into town when he wants to go. Um, um. And uh, one of the cows and some of the hens ought to stay, too. So he will have eggs and milk. And that is all I have to say. And he bowed and sat down. A long discussion followed, but as all the animals wanted to go, none of them except Jock would admit that they were needed on the farm. They talked louder and louder and grew more and more angry at each other. Jack, Jock was willing to stay, but everyone else wanted to go. But yeah, can you imagine if you're a farmer and he doesn't even have that much money and he wakes up and all his animals are gone? All his, all his animals? 
They talked louder and louder and grew more and more angry at each other, and it seemed likely that the meeting would break up in disorder when there was a loud, ear-piercing meow and Jinx, the cat. What? Ear-piercing, like loud and high. And Jinx, the cat, bounded through the doorway. In the silence that followed, all the mice upon the rafter gave a horrified squeak, and then they rose as one mouse and tiptoed softly into, the into a convenient hole. Hello, folks, said Jinx breezily. What's all the row? Oh, wait, I forget. What does Jinx sound like? Hello, folks, Jinx said breezily. What's all the row? I could hear you way down by the mill pond, and I was hunting frogs. Better make less noise, or you'll have Mr. Bean out here with his shotgun. No, hello, Jinx. What's the matter, anyway? Fine. Oh, fine, he said when they had told him. Fine. That's a great idea, Charlie, old boy. Didn't think you had it in you. But see here, no use quarreling about who's to go and who's not. Draw lots, that's the way to do it. Now you say only one cow can go, well, there's three of them. Mrs. Wiggins, and Mrs. Warsberger, and Mrs. Wagus. Here, Jock, you take three straws in your mouth, one long one and two short. Now let them draw, and the one that draws the long straw goes. I bet it's Mrs. Wiggins, isn't it? Yeah. Because you said she was on the cover. Jock drew the straws, and the cows drew. That's a common way of deciding. Wait, what did they do? So you take straws, and you cut all of them short, except for one. And then you hold them in a way that um, you can't tell which one's long and which one's short. And everyone picks one, and whoever picks the long one has to do the thing. Yeah. Or gets to do the thing. Yeah. But it's a, it's a way of deciding if who should do the thing that nobody wants to do. Or who gets to do the thing that everyone wants to do. Mrs. Wiggins won. All fair and above board, you see, said Jinx. Now horses next. Step up, please. It's getting late. And as soon as the cat had taken charge of things, the meeting became more orderly. And arrangements for the departure of all those who Mr. Bean would not need during the winter were quickly made. Then, when everything was decided, Charles got up again to make another speech. There wasn't really anything left for him to say, but he was fond of making speeches. Did it fly anywhere? I don't know. There wasn't really, uh, and he spoke so beautifully that everyone liked to hear him, although when they got home, they could never remember anything he had said. Now, my friends, he began, before we break up this distinguished meeting, I should like to give you one thought to take home with you in your hearts. Something to carry away with you. This is Charles. Something to carry away with you in your hearts. Uh, some, something to carry away with you as a memento of the kindness and good fellowship we have enjoyed here together tonight. As I look about me this evening upon all these bright, eager young faces gathered together here under one roof, it is borne upon me, but what it was that was borne in upon him they never knew. For at that point he stopped suddenly and climbed hastily down from the buggy seat. His wife Henrietta had come to the door. She marched straight down towards him between the rows of silent animals, and caught him by the wing. Bright, eager, eager young faces, is it? She exclaimed angrily. I'll give you a bright, eager young face. And she boxed his right ear with her claw. That means hit him. I'll give you something to carry home with you. And she boxed the other ear. I never heard such nonsense. Charles hunched his head down between his shoulders. But, my dear, he protested. Don't you, but, don't you, my dear me, she said. You, 
You come along home where you belong, staying out all night like this, reveling and carousing with a lot of silly pigs and cows that don't know any better. The very idea. And she pushed him unceremoniously toward the door. But before they reached it, another figure appeared. A short bearded man in a long white nightshirt and carpet slippers. Mr. Bean had been awakened by the noise, and he had come out to see what was the matter. He had a lantern in one hand and a carriage whip in the other. And on his head was a white cotton nightcap with a red tassel. You animals go to bed, he said gruffly. Then he turned around and stamped back to the house. <laughs> in 30 seconds, all the animals had gone and the cow barn was now empty. Yeah, uh, that's, I don't know, just a quick amount of time. Except for Mrs. Wiggins and Mrs. Warsberger and Mrs. Wagas, who lived there. Any thoughts on that chapter? <laughs>